Welcome, everybody, to Wheeler, the podcast, the podcast by me, Wheeler, the podcast person who makes podcasts. Uh, this week, I am joined by Jazz, Precure Twinkle, uh, KK Gender Heart. Is that the one? That was like the, the original. <laughs> <laughs> all the way in 2012. It's been years now, Wheeler. I'm Precure Twinkle now on all my platforms. Mostly, unless, um, unless I can like snag Cure Twinkle, because I deserve to be Cure Twinkle on every platform, but that's just not how it works out. We are here today to talk about the, the one of the most iconic animes. I'd I'd say honestly, none other than Revolutionary Girl Utina. Hell yeah! Uh, it's. I feel like there's a lot that can be said about Utena just from the little sprinkles of stuff that people who've probably never seen it have seen. Mm-hmm. Like, like the only real question I got was Car? Yeah. The Aki, uh, what was his name? The Akio Car Ride? What about it? <laughs> I think they meant more the transforming into the car thing. Oh, Utena becoming the car. Okay, so that happens in Adolescence of Utena. And Ikuhara, the director of the show, he said he just wanted to see a beautiful girl turn into a car. <laughs> it's not that deep. You can make it that deep. But let me assure you, trying to think about what it means is a little bit like, I don't know. I mean... Cars can be associated with, like, freedom and Anthe. So, like, Utena turns into a car and Anthe drives Utena out, out, of the, out of the academy, which turns out to be this, like, mobile battleship kind of place. And then it, it's like, it, the ending just, everything looks like it's Mad Max, right? Like, you think they're at this school and then... And then they all escape on cars, and then you realize the school's on this, like, giant, like, mobile, like, I don't know, like, Battle Academy thing on wheels, and then it looks like a wasteland on the road, and you're like, holy shit, Utena takes place in Mad Max. But, <laughs> but yeah, and Anthe rides Utena, rides her out, and then, like, the farther they get, the car starts coming apart until it's just, like, the wheels of the car and, like, the, the sole, like, metal skeleton of the bottom of the car, and then Anthe and Utena are just, like, both naked, laying down on that, as, like, the wheels keep going, and then they kiss at the end, and then it just, like, rides off into the wastelands, and you're like, okay, didn't make any sense, Ikuhara, but okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with some, at the beginning, I guess, uh, let's, uh, actually, let's start with your qualifications of Utena knowledge, and Ikuhara Shit. knowledge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Have you watched all of the Ikuhara anime? Yes. Penguin, what is it, uh, Utena? Yes, yeah, so it's Revolutionary Girl Utena. His second work was Mawaru Penguin Drum. His third was Yurikuma Arashi. And his fourth upcoming one is Sarazan Mai. And the fourth one is of note because Ikuhara tends to deal with um, girls' love in particular or like... That, that's like his that's his realm so for him to actually deal with boys love like the Saras and my prequel manga was published in a boys love magazine so that's like a first for him which is the only reason why i'm watching because ikuhara 
I want to see what he does with with gays, but when they're boys, because I, I already know what he does with the gays when they're girls, and it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, like we'll get to it, but his absurdist, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Like, yeah, when you keep watching his works, you realize that he's he's saying the same things in the same kind of ways, but they're always really interesting. For example, um, boxes are a big like theme throughout all three of them. Um, if I I'm trying to remember this the student council saga from Utina, like I think I think there was like something with boxes or like funeral boxes or. For, for some of the scenes, I can't quite remember because it's not my favorite arc. Um, but in, in Maoru Penguin Drum, the boxes have teddy drums in them and they all turn out to be bombs, I believe. And in Yurikuma Arashi, it's like they are kind of like associated with death, like the pulling out of the box and putting an important object in that box, which is similar to how it was used in Utena. But so, but that's just like one example, right? Like he's he's got a thing with boxes, and in Sada's and my, um, the zombies that the kids, the the boys have to fight, they're gonna be like box cardboard box zombies. I'm like, okay, Likuhara, you're you're riding on that box theme, okay? Boxes. He's got a soapbox, um, and he's standing on it. <laughs> he's like under the box, on top of the box, but he's and he's posing. While he's under and on top of the box, that's yes. that's Ikuhara. Uh, trying okay, to think. Uh, <laughs> common, uh, really quick. Common, like in general, themes that aren't like visual. Uh, he always deals with adolescence, sexuality. Um, yeah, those are like his two main go go to themes: adolescence, sex, sexuality, and that whole that whole spectrum inside. And I'll. Uh, really quick on that note, I forget the name of the creator for Neon Genesis Evangelion, but Ikuhara is friends with that guy, like close friends. I know the guy calls him like Iku, Ikuni-chan or something. Like some Ikuhara has like a nickname that the guy calls him. Oh, uh, Aunt Hideki Yano. Yeah, I. Yeah, they're they're friends. Hmm. That weirdly makes sense. I've never really seen Neon Genesis Evangelion. I've just seen episodes here and there. And weren't there movies? I think I saw like one of the movies. Yeah, the, like, movies, oh. are like, the movies are like uh, recuts, remakes of the anime with new yeah. characters and stuff. I've seen mm-hmm. the movies, n- never seen the show, and not really, and not really planning to see the Netflix show. Oh yeah, that that's a thing. I, but I'm the same. I don't I don't really care. Everyone's just like, oh shit. Like I remember in either middle school or high school, like you no, know, everyone was talking about how like deep it was. And even though I I like my pretentious avant-garde artistic nonsense in films and in the stuff I watch and in the stuff I play. However, Neon Genesis Evangelion was just a very eh, I'll, I'll pass. All I need to know is that Shinji I guess is like bi or something. I don't know. Kawaru's Ko- Ko- there. I think that's the name of the guy. Everyone's just like, oh my god, the main character in the sky. And there's the Sundere girl, and there's a girl that looks like his mom, and then the she get in the robot. That's all I need yeah. to know about that show. And the glasses thing. And the glasses thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Utena. Let's 
start with Utena and then work our way to the most recent Ikuhara stuff, really. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's say what can what what, what what how should we start to talk about Utena? Um. Uh, what I can say is that, like, obviously, first and foremost, if people are, like, interested in watching Utena for its, like, queer and feminist themes, um, uh, like, trigger warning for, like, sexual assault, incest, um, what else was there? I think that, I think those are the main two, but, yeah, uh, after that, it's just, the way stuff gets introduced to you is, like, um really subtly like ikuhara is never a direct person and utana is like one of the most artsy pretentiously artsy i would even go to say even though i really like utana because like you can watch you can watch utana um many times and each time you're gonna focus on something different and you're gonna you're gonna see something new like so every rewatch of utana is fascinating in that way because when the reveal happens at the end like regarding Anthe and her brother, when you rewatch, you're gonna be paying attention to more things, but you're still not gonna get the whole story just because like there's so much that's happening, so many things that Ikuhara does with like the quote unquote camera and the shots that you're gonna be like, oh, oh my god, I never noticed that before. Uh, yeah, and, like there's a a lot of back on arts, there's a lot of like metaphors and stuff that's just like you have to really pay attention to see like oh okay i understand this now more and yeah oh yeah oh yeah like there's this one infamous episode that's like um that's called nanami's egg and uh <laughs> i think wheeler you've seen like screenshots of it where like people are like i think that's where like the ball meme came from i'm not really sure but like oh her her dunking huh a dunking no it's just I, I think it was from that episode, because, like, there's this focus on, like, oh, my ball, yes, my ball, and it's just, what are, what's with this focus on, on these objects, but I can't remember if that was the episode, but Anonymous Egg, she's convinced that she, like, laid an egg, and, because somebody, um, I think it was, like, her, her, like, bitchy friends, or it might have just been Anthe, I think at the end it's revealed to have been Anthe that pulls the prank, but like subtly, but basically like Nanami sees this egg in her bed and she's like, I laid this egg. But you're thinking, Nanami, humans don't lay eggs. But she's just like, I'm going to be a mom. <laughs> I'm going to start playing house. And then that's how like that episode goes into. But for that one, it's just like, again, focusing on adolescence, what it means to be an adult, what it means to like be a mom, I guess. But not so much what it means to be a mom. Like, when you watch a lot of, like, Nanami-centered episodes, you see that, um, like, basically, uh, you, you see what her worldview is, and you understand her character motivations a bit more, and, like, why she does the things that she does, and why she says the things that she says. Because she's supposed <clears throat> to be, in my opinion, a foil to Anthe. But you wouldn't know it unless you were, like, paying attention in the Nanami-centered episodes, which all... Um, I think I've seen some people say that like they're usually filler, but I would disagree. I would say Nanami centered episodes, like if you want to know the more, like the most about Anthe, th those are the most important, like the Nanami ones, because usually at the end, Anthe is like subtly implied to have been the one to cause like Nanami's distress or like her bad luck, and it's 
is really funny, but also like Jesus Christ, Anthony, you're really you're really frightening. Mm. Yeah. Uh see what I, the problem here is that I have not re- watched a lot of Utena, so I can't really be a good guide here for this. Oh, I know that, Wheeler. I keep trying <laughs> to get you to watch Utena. It's just, just 39 episodes, Wheeler. Like, they're all on YouTube. I watched the last two episodes. Because I, I forced you to. I'm like, Wheeler, do the first episode, last episode challenge. And I, I don't know if you did the first one, because I can't remember, but I know you did the last at least the last one, yeah. and you were like, "What the fuck's going on?" And I'm like, "It's just, it's just the show, Wheeler." And then, and then you made that that boo post that I really like. <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> um, I think it was like I, I'm pretty sure I was watching or like finishing watching Kai at the time, and then I was like on and off watching Utana, and then I realized these scenes are completely the same. Boo yeah. and Akio are drinking their fruity their fruity drink. They're like lazing and lounging out. What's with that? <laughs> uh, okay, we have a question here that just came in. Oh shit. Um, it is will Utina turn me gay? Yes. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Quick. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me think. I guess like for a lot of Utina for example, like the main character, obviously she doesn't realize she's in love with Anthe until like at the very end. But you you mm-hmm. kind of like get hints in there that like their friendship is a little bit deeper. Um, but on the other hand, for other characters, for example, the character Jury, she's a closeted lesbian in the show. But then she's um, then you like find out her story and what her deal is. So then you're like, oh shit! So. So she's pretty visibly queer in the show when when she gets like introduced because you're like because you see her backstory with um Shiori and then you're like oh my god you are in love with Shiori but Shiori hates Jury and it's just a mess. Uh, for other characters like Toga, to- Toga's bisexual. Like, don't fucking lie to me, Toga. Damn, I hate Toga. Um, I think Sayonji's kind of bisexual too, but he's he's a piece of shit. But, like, I'm pretty sure Sayonji's got the hots for Toga. And Toga is just, as long as you're beautiful, I think. Similar to, like, Akio. But Akio is a, a gross human being. So we will <laughs> not talk about Akio. Um, and then, of course, you know, Anthe. Uh, you wonder if Anthe... Like, with Anthe, I would just, like... you you. So Utena for sure, bye. Anthe, you're kind of, like question mark but she does she is in love with Utena so it's like okay well either she's probably bi too but the person who like she's seeing on the side um you like kind of you kind of question how much is like do you like she likes men because she seems to like hate every other man you know so it's just like uh I think maybe Auntie's just lesbian (laughs) maybe this was just her big realization that she just doesn't like men um Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think for other characters. Uh I don't know about Nanami. I, I think Nanami bye, sure. She's just she's she's a shitty person, but like I think she'd be well adjusted if she just accepted she could like girls, you know? And a lot of funny moments there with Nanami. Who's the token heterosexual in San- in Utena? Token heterosexual Wakaba. Utena's best friend. It's Wakaba. She's tragically heterosexual. It's really sad. They even focus on a few episodes 
like about how sad it is like how her crush works out like it's really sad tragic heterosexual the token heterosexual like she never gets any kind of happiness mm. r.i.p wakaba <laughs> uh I, I think covered a lot enough to get people interested in this in Nutena more so than before but uh one scene i want to talk about is one scene that i just watched recently mm-hmm. the clip was going around on tumblr oh so, i think i know what scene the one about the poisoning right yeah yeah i, I don't know how to i don't know how to tell you that's <laughs> that scene's just there to be what the fuck that's really it <laughs> I don't think it's very deep because, like, yeah. at that point, because see, like, I don't want to give too many like spoilers out, so I don't know how spoiler I should like be. But basically, by that point, you you already know what the deal is with Auntie, kind of. So when Auntie says, I gives this like uh, like this exposition, she's like, yeah, they're poison, and then Utina like breaks the cookie because it's just it's almost like Auntie's telling her I poisoned what I gave you because I think in fact, um. Um, I think an episode prior or like an episode afterwards, like Anthe and her brother end up one of the two. It might have been Anthe, but ends up like killing her brother's fiance via poison, which is just holy shit. So like when she tells Utina that, you're like, Anthe, what the fuck? But then Utina decides to be playful about it, and she's like, Oh, what a coincidence! I poisoned your tea, and then Anthe has that moment like. Is she telling me this because she, cause she thinks I'm joking, or is she telling me this like as a playfully like I'll drink your, I'll, I'll gladly, you know, eat your poison because I, I just like you that much. So for Auntie's just like a what the fuck internally, but they're both like enjoying their their snacks. That that would be like my interpretation of it. Otherwise, I'd just be like Wheeler. That <laughs> scene's just random. I. It's not that deep. I think he just hard he's just like that. He puts scenes like that in the series to just make you go, "Why? What does this mean? What's going on?" Because it got this uh, kind of the same vibe, but like the opposite of it from the Gundam scene of Hero saying, "What was it? I don't remember." But basically, telling the main love interest girl to die after her giving him a Valentine or something. And it was just up straight, like a plain rejection versus yeah, a, an exchange. I haven't seen Gundam, but I have seen that photo set, which is it's really funny. But but I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. Whereas for her, for him, it's like fuck off, and for Utina, it's like you know, oh, it's poisoned. Wink. I poison your tea. Wink. And Auntie's just you know with her like with that look she has when she's calculating like okay <laughs> well this tea's nice i guess yeah and the thing about those two that they are love interests the gundam mm-hmm. the gundam photo set so that's yeah that's so weird but yeah. then again utina anthe stares yeah you two you two weirdos well mainly just anthe who keeps snails in her pencil case. Uh, okay, now I feel like we can move on to Penguin Drum. I would, I'm going to start this off by saying, this is Ikuhara's straightest work. There is just, like, one gay character in it, as far as I know, like, off the top of my head. But on this one, he just, 
he just decides to focus on like um just like a family which is also kind of like weird for him but mm-hmm. then but then it just delves into like weird territory um not for ikuhara but just like for the viewer um i guess i don't mind like talking about penguin drum in in like too many an in-depth too much on like utana with like utana like you have to let like the spoilers hit you for penguin drum it's like so it starts off with these like twin brothers and then this like and then they have like a younger sister the younger sister's terminally ill they take her to see penguins at like i don't know where do you see penguins wheeler it's not like not a not a sea world but like an aquarium is that where you see penguins some sort of zoo some sort of aquarium that has penguins i guess but uh she ends up dying later that day and uh one of the things that ends up like being getting into her bag is this like penguin hat so like the brothers are crying and then shit happens she's wearing the hat but she's like alive now and then she does this transformation sequence that I actually it's one of my favorite magical girl transformation sequences ever because there's this like really good pop song i don't know if you've watched the transformation sequence wheeler but uh but basically so her sister and their sister ends up being possessed by pr- the princess of the crystal um no that's not her name in the anime that's just her name in like the listed credits but mm-hmm. they never know what to call her but then she tells these two like if you want her to live or something bring me the penguin drum you have to find the penguin drum and they're like what the fuck's the penguin drum and she's just like find it here's the person who's who's gonna like give you guys a clue to it and then they find out about this girl named Ringo who has a diary that predicts the future and then everything just kind of spirals downward from from there um uh, basically you find out like that the siblings none of them are related to each other and it's actually really hilarious cuz like uh the one person of the three that you would expect not to be related to them cuz the dad looks like one of the kids and the mom looks like the like the girl but you find out that they're not related to the parents the one that doesn't look like the parent at all is the one actually related to the parents so it's just okay okay ikohara enough with your red herrings but like but then you find out like the reason their parents aren't in the picture is because they were eco terrorists that's right they were eco terrorists (laughs) (laughs) ikohara doesn't twist Wheeler, it doesn't stop there. Okay, so anyway, they're eco-terrorists. Um, and one of the people in their group ends up being, like, the doctor that ends up helping them. But the doctor turns out to be a ghost. Which, and, the, and this doctor puts, like, injects the, the daughter with stuff that makes her, like, have a little bit more life in her. And then you're just, Ikuhara, what the fuck's going on? But basically, you find out that, okay, remember I just mentioned this girl named Ringo with the diary that predicts the future? So her older sister was like the equivalent of Jesus in this world. And that was her sister's diary. And yeah. (laughs) So like, when the doctor guy blew up the train that she was on, she was convinced that she was going to save everyone, but she didn't. So her soul split in half. Half of it went into the hat, and the other half of it went to... Like, if I explained where it went, I'd have to explain, like, a whole other can of worms. But, like... <laughs> this is... No. <laughs> I, I'm almost tempted to watch Penguin Drum, but I've, but I've heard that it's not as good as Utena or, Pink or Yuri Kuma at all. 
but I'm almost tempted. I'm. I would disagree. I think. Although it pains me to say, I think Penguin Jump is better than Yuri Kuma Arashi, but I don't think, I don't think saying it's like not as good as Utena is like proper. Like Utena's just like, like you were saying, it's like this its own tier of absurd. And then you have like Penguin Drum, which is in fact U- Ikuhara's most coherent storytelling. It's the most coherent one. Okay? Says a lot. Like, Yurikuma Arashi is not very coherent. Yeah. Utena, not very coherent. In Mawaru Penguin Drum, the most coherent storytelling is just so unfortunate. It's, it's really, str- it's kind of straight. Um, and, but, but the emotional impact is still good. Like, the ride that Ikuhara takes you on is still like, I mean, come on, their parents are eco-terrorists. And like the symbol for the terrorist group you see throughout like the whole show. It's the little penguin symbol. That's the sign of them. That's their symbol. Like the Starbucks, the equivalent of Starbucks in that world has the little penguin symbol. So I'm just so confused. I'm like, I'm. do they own everything? Or are these like companies that are covertly working with them i don't get it and it doesn't matter to like the main to like the main drama of the story like because basically um one of the brothers in order to pay for like himari like the the medicine the ghost doctor like sells he's charging like a high amount so then the brother has to be like an eco-terrorist too (laughs) and it's just sad but uh but what i love about it is um it, watch both of the opening scenes, and both of the openings basically spoiler everything that happens in the show, but you don't know that they're spoilers because they're just that weird. And then when you rewatch and then when you watch it and you watch the scene, you're like, holy shit, they were they were telling me this was gonna happen the whole time. I just didn't know what it meant. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not even getting to like the most fucked up concept Ikuhara ever ever came up with that people like make a lot of videos and a lot of speculation on and the concept is called the child broiler where unwanted children discarded by society go and wheeler it's like they get grinded up it's really weird (laughs) i I, I can't (laughs) i feel like you said it yourself. This was the most cohesive story, but I feel like this also is the most Ikuhara story. Yeah, it's like when I mean by coherent, I mean like um, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end that you can understand once they tell you things. And Utana, you have to watch it multiple times, and you're still not going to get it. You're you're just going to understand that okay, well, at the end, Uth like Anthe got what she deserved, right? Like she got her own freedom. That's what really matters. But you're not gonna. But none of it like really makes that much sense similar with yurikuma arashi like i mean you've seen it wheeler remember there's like this wall of servants or something and like there's this asteroid that comes to earth and that turns people into like man-eating bears but like only women exist in this world and you're kind of like what's going on and then this classroom has this like execution kind of like voting system with whoever (laughs) they exclude is at the top and okay we'll get to your cube (laughs) yeah like it's not the most coherent as much as it's the most straightforward and less no no weird metaphor not as many weird metaphors not as many like oh okay this actually means this not what you thought it means yeah yeah like 
because the level the level of how weird the metaphors are like that part is still there but they make a lot more sense than you would find in utana or yurikomura rashi where you, you were still trying to like you know the wheels in your heads the hamster the hamster wheel is still like running and then you know it's not working because you don't really get it but yeah in, in penguin drum you, you'll have the most luck understanding like the story and the characters yeah uh, I guess I guess now we have to talk about Yurikuma now. Oh, oh God! I, it's a lot. I this is the only Ikuhar anime I watched start to finish, and I want to apologize for that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's not. It's, I can't say it's it's a, like it's good, but it's a lot to it. Yeah, like how it's just twelve episodes, so it's his shortest work. Utena was thirty nine, Penguin Drum was twenty four, and Yurikuma was I think twelve. And in those twelve, in those twelve it episodes, feel like 12. doesn't feel like twelve. You get hit with a lot, and you don't understand a lot of that. You just understand, okay, girl, gay. The end. Girls, yeah. gay. There's <laughs> <laughs> like, a. As we talk about, there's a lot of metaphors and a lot of symbolism in Ikuhara's work. Yeah. And I, this honestly feels more so than Utena with the metaphors and stuff. I've, like to I be said, honest, yeah, I would, I would disagree. But since it's what you've watched, go on. Just no. This is Utena. It's the metaphors are a bit more. They're, I wouldn't say more straightforward, but they're more like, oh, okay. But this is more like. They go at it in a more obtuse way, I'd say, than mm-hmm. Utena does. Like, Utena feels like, okay, this is a simple setting, and we're going to put these metaphors in if you won't understand the later. But still, even even later, I feel like Yurikuma still metaphors are still a bit vague or more they come at you from a different angle than you'd expect. Yeah, because then they start throwing in this thing where, like, it turns out that, um, was her name Mari, the green one? She yeah. turns out to be a bear princess, and you're just a lot of question marks. What's going on? And then they talk about the concept of a promised kiss, which is like, I guess, inside a honey pot, but it's actually it's actually like a concept in the show. It just it just gets really confusing. Uh, and then and then there's the the judges, the judge. Yeah, like guys. very approved. Like <laughs> every episode, they go through that court proceeding. Yuri approved. And like, what does it mean? What are you talking about? Why is this here? Like, okay, but but they but they help like you know when they I think what was it when they approve the Yuri like they're approving the transformation from bears to human, aren't they? Through that like magical girl sequence. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that sense, yeah, I do agree. Like with Utana, because I would say because there's a lot more episodes in Utana, you have a lot more to work with. When you want to like theorize, or when you want to like explore like a certain concept or like a theme, rather. But in Yuri Kuma, because you're given so little time and you're just thrown in so much like so many ideas that just vaguely reference things, or like okay, an example, because because this was in the show. I think like when the main character, I think her name was Kureha. She like goes to she goes shopping in a store, but I think everyone in the store is like a bear. But I think, but like everyone in the store is like, they're lesbians with each other. 
like because i think at first they appear as humans and then they appear as bears but this might be from the manga i can't remember but i remember the scene being like colored and me going like how come she just doesn't notice right because it's just you would notice if like a bunch of like i don't, I don't know how to describe it yeah. but yeah and obviously when the show came out I'm sure you, you remember seeing like a bunch of like the comparison posts between Yuri Kuma Arashi and the movie Suspiria because a lot of the design is just one to one the same. Hmm. I'm just remembering fucking Ikuhara and his like love for art history. I forget what artist was in um was in the show. It might have been one of Picasso's pieces, but in uh in Mawaru Penguin Drum, there's a really famous piece by Gustav Klimt, Klimt called The Kiss. It's like a highlight in one of the episodes. And in Revolutionary Girl Utena, um, oh, I forget the name of the author, or I mean the artist, but it's like this really famous art, like this really famous um, art piece. I think it involves like, like the portrait of a prostitute or something, but like the way she's sprawled out. But that's, but one of the characters is like mimicking or like recreating that scene in the shot. So it's just... Our, like Ikuhara likes to put a lot of like philosophy he's read into these shows. You're gonna find like a lot of um like Jungian stuff. You're gonna find a lot of like Freudian shit, which is like eye rolling. Uh you're gonna find like just a lot of like European artists that he really likes in his works. So it's just he puts he packs so much in there. And it's such a shame. I think if Yuri Kuma Arashi was given like a bit more time to develop um it would have been more like more coherent, but just as it stands, it's just Ikuhara stared at, at the viewer, stared at you and me, Wheeler. He stared at both of us in the face and he just went, Girls gay. Yeah. Girls gay. And he nodded his like, head, girls gay. And that's how he ended. There's not a lot of subtext to that in Hirikuma, as much as there is just bright, bold, in your face text. Yeah, like remember remember that one really fucked up episode where you find out that Kureha actually um knows Ginko and then it shows that they were friends as little kids, but then like the kids other kids find out that she's friends with Ginko and they all like they all hold her up in the air and it's like this really weird sacrificial scene where I think everything's in black and red and it's and it reminisces the scene from like Revolutionary Girl Utena where Anthe gets ritualistically sacrificed and it's just a really Ikuhara what the fuck's up with the scene what's going on what's happening but mm -hmm. he's, he refuses to tell you what's going on he's always figure it out for yourself I'm an artist and then he you know, flips his hair and he walks out. He does look like that, and I, I, I it's a lot. He does look like he does, he has made a series, and that's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um. An interesting fact about Ikuhara: his favorite Sailor Scout is Sailor Mars, and he likes to cosplay as Sailor Mars. Um. Something that people also don't know about Ikuhara is that he directed most of the Sailor Moon, original Sailor Moon series. He was there for most of it, except I think the last, the star season. I think that's when he wasn't there. But like he was, mm. he was the director for like most of them. Uh, something else about Yurikuma that I feel that kind of takes away from it a little bit is uh, how uh, horny it is. Yeah. I would say that's like one of the like huh aspects of it because it's like yeah. when you see it at least like compared to like titty anime um the nudity isn't like like it's 
what would you say? Yeah, I think there's like an erotic aspect to it, which is like really creepy because they're they're in middle school or something. But uh, but it's not like when the, when they show nudity, it's not like there's titties jiggling everywhere. It's just like it's just showing just regular nudity. It's, and not, artsy, it's, it's like a very artsy kind of eroticism. Does that make sense? Is that what? Yeah. yeah. It's not like for like ooh, not for people to look like look at and say ooh ooh and like it. It's for like to make kind of a point, get a point across, I guess. Yeah. Um. For example. Like with Food Wars, you see that you see every time like I see the titty shit happening in Food Wars, I'm like, do they just expect like dudes to just whip out their dicks and just start like, oh, oh man, clothes just flying, it's just time to jack it. But with like Yurikuma Arashi, it's just oh, they're naked. Oh, okay, they're they're very artistically, aesthetically pleasing naked, but they're also just really um like I know I'm pretty sure it's Mari. Like, holy shit, Mari really wants to fuck Ginkgo. So I know what you mean by horny. Like, Mari doesn't hide it. She's just like, I want to lick you everywhere, Ginkgo, or like in your special places. And you're just like, holy shit, stop. Ruin, stop. <laughs> yeah. And I remember there's that one scene where like Mari, I'm just going to call her Mari, and like Ginkgo are like licking this like flower with like nectar yeah. on it. And then yeah. Kura has just on the ground and you're like, are, th- are they licking her clit? Is that what this metaphor is? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of early on, if I remember right, too. And, like, at least, like, first six episodes, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not stuff that... And this this goes back to, like... Because I was having a conversation of about this with, like, a friend. Um, I would love to interview Ikuhara and ask him about what he thinks of gender and sexuality and especially in regards to himself because a lot of times when i watch his stuff for example like those scenes in yurikuma arashi like it's not stuff that like straight guys can get off to easily right but this is something it's like a kind of like eroticism for women and for girls does, does that make sense to you when I say yeah. it like that, yeah, but it still makes me like, Ikohara, I don't know where to place you, because this is still really weird, and you are still like a guy, as far as I know, but but maybe he has some ideas about his own gender and his own sexuality that he just doesn't say openly, right? Like, yeah. like I don't want to say cosplaying as a female character obviously makes you gay, but I feel like it for sure doesn't, it for sure says that you're, you have like a different idea of like, like a rigid gender binary and a rigid like sexuality binary, right? For him to just mm-hmm. very be be very okay with this and be very okay like talking to fans in, in this attire. So yeah, just, like, yeah. Like a lot of media media approach like these type of stories maybe a bit more like uh like uh fad like than he does. Like he feel like he's approaching these seriously. Not like, oh, okay, these these are people in phases or whatnot. He's approaching yeah. like these these this is what these people these characters are, and just like that. I would agree, because even in Utana, where it's just more, you have more characters exploring their sexuality. Um, like for them, it's important. It doesn't ever feel like it's just a phase thing. You feel like, okay, this is their lived lived moment, their lived experience, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Yurikuma Arashi, there's more of this, like, there's an exploration of sexuality, but it's it's just purely, like, women loving women in that point of view, whereas with Utana, it's like, there's, 
you know, obviously, like, I would say most characters in Uchina are bi. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of mystery to Ikuhara and his creativeness. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think people interview him enough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, like you said about the car thing, I just remembered the screenshot of him talking about it. Mm-hmm. Him saying that, oh, yeah, I just, him literally just saying, oh, I just wanted her to turn to a car. And because, because why not? <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure everyone who read that and had some crazy elaborate theory for the car just to see him say, "No, I just wanted to see a pretty girl turn into a car." <laughs> I want, like, that makes you wonder how much he how much is intended metaphor, how much is him saying, "Oh, what if they, what if this happened?" <laughs> and it's great. Like, maybe not a fun time in terms of, like, how easy it is to digest, but, like, a fun time in, like, analyzing or, like, oh, maybe this means something. Like, his work seems to be for people that like to find deeper things or, like, deeper meanings into the, into what they're watching. Like, his his work just then becomes, like, a treasure trove of, like, try to find the meaning. Here's yeah. a map. <laughs> I, I circled, I circled nothing. Find it on your own. And you're like, okay. It's. It's an anime made for people like you who are, uh, well, what's, uh, what's the, what's the thing, uh, what's the, uh, philosophy, philosophy people. Yeah, if you're, like, really, like, into that, I'm looking through my Yurikuma Arashi tagged posts, looking at Ginko just be, like, Nakey, with Kureha Nakey, on top of each other Nakey, but it's not, like, it's not it it's it never gives you like straight dude horny vibes. Like you've seen Seikon no Quasar. That's just straight dude horny vibes all the time. Here it's like, huh. Yeah. I wonder about you, Ikuhara. Are you one of us? I, like, I wanna know. I completely forgot about the little brother pop plot in Yurikuma. Yeah, with like the Is her name Mari? I should I should look it up. But yeah, and how he just dies off. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's a lot that I'm not, I'm still not sure what's what in Yurikuma, because I went, going to the Wikipedia page, I was saying like, oh yeah, the whole bear princess thing was kind of just, was just a fantasy, and it was oh, like. Yeah, really quick, holy shit, I've been calling her Mari the whole time, but her name's Lulu. Oh, you're, oh, I thought you were talking about the other one. <laughs> No, I'm talking about Lulu, because I said the green one, and Lulu's in green, but yeah. Um, Milen, is that his name, or how you pronounce it? He's named after the the guy who wrote Winnie the Pooh. I think it's his kid. He, they share the same name, mm-hmm. Milen, or like Milene, or whatever. But like you said, it's just it's just really weird, because he turns out to just be dead. And um, like a, one of like the more straightforward... I think metaphors in it like remember how she's a princess and she's kind of like stuck up against her brother but remember how she's got like this bee flying around her the whole time like the yeah. whole time yeah and then at at the end didn't he die by getting stung by a bee yeah i think so yeah so it's just a kind of like huh and she had one flying around her the whole time but just to symbolize that like she didn't like people being near her or something mm-hmm. and the whole plot with uh, Sumi, Sumeri, Sumiko, yeah, Sumiko, yeah. is it is that her name, right? Yeah, I think so. And the whole whole thing 
I, Kumaria. I think I was hoping the whole time for something connected to that, but I think that kind of ended and when it ended mostly, which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's really funny that's like Sumika ends up dying really quick and she grants like Kureha, I'm gonna make you into a bear, so you turn into a bear princess. And then Ikuhara stared at us both and said, Girls gay, and he ended the show. <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, no you got it. <laughs> I think we've covered. Okay, actually, we need to talk about uh, the new Ikuhara thing. We've already talked about it a little bit, but other than the. Do you expect anything different, too much different from it than. The previous series. You think he'll go, I don't know, more Ikuhara with it or something? Oh, he already went really Ikuhara with it. Okay, so basically, um, it takes so there's like three main characters and they're all gonna be boys and they're gonna they're gonna run into a kappa and the kappa's gonna steal I forget what it's called, but basically it's like this bead that's inside your anus and inside that bead contains your soul. So this kappa steals it from all three of them and they all end up turning into kappas. And he says, well, in order to turn back into a human, you have to like defeat the zombie. You have to defeat zombies. Zombies. Steal their their bead thing and then maybe I'll turn you back into a human or humans. Mm. So, so that's the premise of the plot, Wheeler. And it, I, I was reading. I was reading an interview, and it, and a lot of people working with Ikuhara said that like, Ikuhara acts out the feeling of getting that bead stolen out of your anus. Like it's a feeling <laughs> of surprise. It's a feeling of pleasure. And they said that he acted it out like a lot, just so just so the animators would get it. Like this is how it's going to look when they get the things stolen out from inside them. Yeah, <laughs> oh so, the, so the animators, so the animators would get it. Yeah, but the animators were like, Ikuhara is weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but Ikuhara yeah, like, he already got really weird with it from the get-go of this premise. Like, come on, like, your soul is inside an anal bead that's inside your anus. Like, it, it has to do with Japanese mythology. Let me look it up. It has, like, a word, but, because Kappas are known... Or, like, mythologized to steal that thing from, like, a human. But just for Ikuhara to be like, hell yeah. But specifically, make the scene exactly like how I'm going to make it look. Yeah. I'm, I've got to, I'm looking forward to a new Ikuhara anime in the best way I can. That's the only thing we can do. And then they were having a marathon of all three of his works. And right now they're on Yuri Kuma Arashi because the his show's coming out in April. So I'm like, oh, damn. Literally in weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so every time like Nico Nico, because there's like this link, I guess, where they're posting like all the episodes like daily. I just got yeah. really depressed thinking, I want to be there. I want that could <laughs> be me, but it's not. Uh, well, I think. Ah, it's, I, I, got, I got the name. Okay, so like, the Kappa are known to favor cucumbers and love to engage in sumo wrestling. They are often accused of assaulting humans in water and removing a mythical organ called the Shirikodama from their victim's anus. So I'm reading that off the Kappa folklore Wikipedia. And that's, that's the thing that Ikuhara is like, let's base the anime around this. Hmm. Yeah, that's very, very Ikuhara. Unfortunately. <laughs> I will say, um, it gave me Mawaru Penguin Drum vibes. Uh, just like a lot of stuff in the show. So, 
just because it's it takes place in a more like urban kind of it's like a more urban kind of story which isn't really true for Utna, which takes place solely out of school or with uh same with Yurikuma Arashi which takes place solely out of school yeah. uh with Penguin Drum there's a lot more location changes and from Sara's and Mai I'm looking I'm seeing a lot more like location changes so I'm getting I'm like being I'm getting very hopeful okay so like Ikuhara keep this gay but can you make it coherent just just once just once throw everyone an easy bone and make this coherent you know he's not I know I can still <laughs> hope well I think we've covered Ikuhara the best we can to the best of our abilities Ikuhara who's that I don't know him <laughs> I just <knew. laughs> uh well uh thanks for being on jazz no problem it's always great being on also obligatory west coast best coast west coast best coast uh, uh, well, this has been wheeler the podcast everybody thanks thanks for being here <laughs> <laughs> We'll we just do, yeah, we'll do that when final mix happens, maybe. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three final mix. Damn, that game really came out, and it was like the weirdest eight out of ten I ever played. Like <laughs> disappointing and just weird. Disappointing how? Like the story? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Good. What I what I I've listened like I was saying before I listened to a couple of podcasts about it, but mostly that it, it doesn't really have a story itself. Like there is a story. It's mainly just wrapping up um, character, like individual character arcs, or maybe it's more correct to say like group arcs. For the end, for example, Wayfinder Trio gets their conclusion, they get to be together. Seasaw Trio, they get their conclusion, they get to be together. Again, those parts were really important, but like, Nomura consistently shows that he cannot write women. Um, Aqua's (laughs) direction in 3 was pretty bad. Like, you have her being such a, you know, like, the first female character in the Kingdom Hearts series that can it is shown being able to like fight and do combat with her Keyblade. Like that that honor goes like in our game timeline. You see Kyrie with the Keyblade, you just never see her use it in two. And then the next game after that, I'm pretty sure was Birth by Sweet, the prequel ser- the prequel game. And then like she's such a like strong character, but Nomura's like, let's make her suffer throughout Birth by Sleep. Like, you really feel bad for her when you uh, play through her story, because, like, she cares about Terra and she cares about Ventus, but, like, Terra's feeling, like, kind of jealous, but kind of, like, insecure regarding his relationship with Aqua, just because, like, she was made master and he wasn't made master, but that's just because Ericus is an asshole. And then Ventus, like, Ventus is just Terra! Terra! Like, <laughs> always chasing after Terra. And Aqua's like, but I care about you, Ven. And Ven's like, fuck you, Aqua. Terra. And he's just pointing at Terra. Terra. Like, okay, Ven, I get it. You're shitty little brother to Aqua. But, um, and then, as you know, um, it ends with her 
she's got to be in the darkness for a decade because she she got she gets this like tragic that's her tragic backstory you know and it's just <laughs> damn that sucks and then uh and then 0.2 comes out and you get to follow like what she's been up to in the realm of darkness and then it goes into three where it's just namura why are you so bad at writing women you can't even write your own like strong female character properly like basically what happens is um they they have to save aqua i don't have a problem with that in um at least because she like succumbs to darkness and then sora has to save her i don't care about that i care about what happened afterwards she takes them to uh castle oblivion turns it back into land of departure and then uh, Vanitas appears, and it's like it's fucking rad because you get to be Aqua and you get to fight Vanitas. That's actually pretty hype. But then just during the fight, I don't, I have no idea why she just decides to. I'm gonna just drop my Keyblade. I'm gonna use my body to defend Ven, even though she already made like a barrier beforehand. It just really makes no sense. And then she, and then she passes out. And then Vanitas is about to off her, like he did in Birth by Sleep, which is a, which triggers Ventus into like coming awake and then Ventus saves the day but like that was just really stupid and then like <clears throat> in the Keyblade graveyard uh, right before everyone dies um, Aqua just sees like the Heartless Swarm she just goes I think she says something like not again or something and then she just drops her Keyblade and she lets the darkness take her like she doesn't fight it that, that was just really shocking and then like before that when like Terra Xehanort is just annihilating everyone just to see her like just to see him like basically just wipe the floor with ven and for her just to not run over to ven for her to have such a slow reaction time it's just really it's just really weird I'm like don't even wheeler don't even get me started on how badly Kyrie was written in kingdom hearts 3 everyone's expecting her to, oh shit she's training she's in the hyperbolic time chamber with axel oh man she's gonna have some like awesome skills and no that's not what happened it's <laughs> uh, so bad like you know I, 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 you, you if i don't stop you're gonna keep going for hours on this i'm yeah. sure yeah i'm a, <laughs> Just so your viewers know, I have a master's degree in Kingdom Hearts lore. Yeah, I, I'll, put, I'll put maybe like half of this in at the end, hopefully, 